Hi everyone, David here. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Foresight Climate and Energy. If you like what you hear and want access to more of our fascinating in-depth content on the energy transition, you need to subscribe. You can try us for 30 days for just €29, which will get you full access to our website and app. We also have a wide range of subscription packages to fit you or your company's needs. Follow the link in the show notes or go to www.foresightdk.com forward slash subscribe to find out more. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Energy Enablers, the podcast from Foresight Climate and Energy, talking to those working every day on the front line of the energy transition. I'm David Weston. My guest this week is Hans Godden, Director of Product Management at Novenco Building and Industry. This week, we are discussing energy efficiency within data centers. Data centers globally consume around 1% of the total final energy demand, according to the IEA. And with the rise of IT and other digital products in the energy transition, this share is only set to rise. Hans and I focus mainly on the cooling efforts for data centers and the growing desire for circular and sustainable materials in the sector. Enjoy the show. Hans, thank you so much for joining us on Energy Enablers. Um, we want to talk a little bit about data centers and energy efficiency around data centers, uh, specifically in Europe. But perhaps briefly, could you describe or let us know how energy intensive data centers actually are and why energy efficiency, therefore, is important? Sure. Um, for the data centers, it is mainly important for two reasons. Um, the cost of energy itself. Um, that's always been a drive uh, for them for, I would say, definitely at least the last decade. Uh, but also the availability of energy. Um, once you get, for example, 20 megawatt assigned, you definitely want to optimize it as much as possible um, and get the most out of it. So that drives definitely the uh, the energy efficiency uh, and the best use of energy for them. Um, for some, it's also a public eye thing. There are Some of them are in the public eye, and that might be more or less important uh, for some of the uh, people in the data center business. So what are the key strategies then that data center operators can adopt to decarbonize their operations and improve their overall sustainability? Well, the last couple of years, uh, this focus has come more to the forefront, um, where it was energy efficiency before. Um, now they look more to the entire uh, product life. For example, if you just look at a cooling product, um, Yes, they want to look at what what materials is it made of, uh, can they be recycled, um, how efficient is it produced. Um, sure, the efficiency when it's actually in operation is still important and, and it hopefully has to be as low energy using as possible. Um, but the other parts also taken are taken more and more into account now. Um, can also the product be recycled when it's it has to be replaced, for example. And then the question that goes with that, especially if you look at, for example, fans or bean manufacturers, that do you have to replace the entire thing? Can you replace components? Um, do you have an idea of life expectancy of components so we can plan it and so on? So it's more on the the, predict, uh, the, the prediction of, of maintenance, for example. Um, with some DC owners, um, they're also starting to ask now these life cycle analysis and, and these environmental product declarations of the products that you supply to them. Um, that takes a lot of, I would say, effort for uh, manufacturing companies to 
dig into their production methodology, the materials and the amount of materials you use and so on. So often uh, consultants help out with, with this kind of uh, introduction of these uh, LCAs and EPDs, but it's definitely coming more and more to the, to the forefront. And I'm there happy also to state that Novenco is committed to uh, SBTI, which is Science-Based Target Initiative. Um, we're, we also subscribe to that and has partnered with Rumble, for example, on these LCA EPD analysis um, in order to get tools and integrate it into our selection tools so we can present this also when we uh, make make offers, for example, or design new products. Right. Uh, and obviously, part of Novenco's role is to provide um, air conditioning and cooling systems um, to data centers, and, and that's sort of what your role is. What role can energy-efficient infrastructure, including cooling systems, uh, play in reducing the carbon footprint of data centers? And obviously, that's to say cooling systems must also be quite energy-intensive in themselves. That's right. Um, well, the less power that is needed to cool down the IT equipment, uh, the lower the overall power need, um, or the more power operators can use um, for their IT equipment, uh, which is, of course, the purpose of having a data center in the first place. Um, in the past, that, that, that was very intense, intensive, um, and, and there was a lot of energy used for cooling them down. But uh, I would say the last decade, that's definitely um, has been reduced a lot. Um, and that ambition to lower the cooling power needs has been going on for, yeah, uh, I would say well over a decade. Um, there is also with that more focus at definitely the last three, four years on sustainable power generation um, or the source where the power is generated from. Um, and also the mixture of the, of the power um, uh, where they get it from. So have uh, you ever heard of uh, microgrids? That's typically also something that is introduced, I would say more and more, not everywhere, but more and more where available. You mentioned uh, microgrids there. Is that a, a, a new innovation that's coming to sort of data centers? Are uh, more data centers considering uh, microgrids um, a lot more now? And are there any other specific technologies that data centers uh, can leverage in order to help be more energy efficient or reduce their energy uh, consumption? Well, on the cooling front, um, air cooling is by far the most used way to cool the data center. Uh, it has been so for, I don't know, 30, 40 years, something like that, or even longer. Um, liquid cooling has always been around, and it's always been on the horizon, um, but it's always been used in the past more for high-performance computing. Um, but what you see more and more now is hybrid designs, so the combination of both air and liquid cooling uh, going together. Um, it's not perhaps not new. I've seen some of our clients in the past using them uh, for doing air um, as base cooling and where they have some high demand or high heat loads, they then um, additionally um, integrate liquid cooling. And that trend seems to be now, um, I would say, gaining traction, I would say. Uh, secondly, with power going up, meaning density is increasing, there is a movement to more, um, I would say, moving the cooling closer to the heat source uh, and design products uh, more focused uh, when it comes to that. Um, on the power and the microgrid part, it, it's it's not something new, but it's coming, of course, when you start to look at uh, alternative power supplies um, and where, where you are close to a solar side or where you have the, the possibility to use um, other kind of uh, sustainable uh, 
Ah, I have to do that last part again, <laughs> that microgrid part. Um, on the microgrid part, that is, is not a novelty in its sense. It, it has already been used in the past before, and now with um, alternative power supplies coming more and more to the forefront, uh, people try to integrate them as much as possible together with the grid power. Uh, and of course, it's a DC-AC uh, power discussion, uh, but it's more and more that you see more than multiple sources uh, going to supply the power to a data center. Uh, and it also increases their resilience. So uh, for some of them, that's an advantage. Others solve it in a different way. Really interesting. Yeah, and microgrids are a really interesting sort of new technology coming on uh, in various guises and obviously data centers being part of them. Um, I was quite interested in hearing a little bit more about the hybrid cooling uh, systems that you mentioned, the, the combination of um, air and water or liquid cooling. Could you go into a little bit more about um, why that specific sort of combination is being used more? What are the benefits of using that compared to solely air cooling or solely liquid cooling? Well, it, it's a combination of two things. Um, the densities in data center is increasing. And so the, the amount of server power that you use on a square meter is, is going up. Um, and there is a lot of legacy equipment or base equipment that people still use inside a data center, especially when you have mixed use data centers. Mm. Um, it is quite a common thing to do that you use air cooling as your base cooling. For example, uh, let's say that your temperature has to be 25, 26 degrees and you use air in order to do so. Uh, but there you have some high power servers that require actually a bit more cooling power. And there are two ways of doing that. Either you um, have it focused with your air cooling or um, you start to integrate a, a liquid cooling system. Especially when you have more and more of these power hungry servers inside the data center, it makes sense that you start doing that. And so the combination of the two starts to rise a bit more, especially when we all use more AI, we are the servers that support that are a bit more power hungry, you could say. And so it makes sense why these two uh, start to become more, I would say, a married solution. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Um, does uh, Is there any sort of EU regulation that's uh, impacting the future requirements of cooling within data centers? Uh, I'm thinking sort of recovery of, of the heat um, mm -hmm. and elsewhere. I would say for the moment, it's a bit unclear yet. Um, there is an ambition uh, from the EU to reuse waste heat um, as, as much as possible from a, a data center. It's a side product um, of the process. And, and of course, instead of cooling it away, you can optimize it and use it for you know heating houses or something like that. Uh, that's That makes definitely sense. And it's something that's been used or uh, designed uh, for quite a while in Scandinavia, for example. Um, now, it's not a surprise why it is in Scandinavia, because they have a lot of uh, city uh, heating systems or heating grids, and that's not available in every country. So if you don't have this, what kind of other solutions can you connect it to for applications? Um, I heard in the Netherlands where, for example, you can mar uh, marry it to uh, greenhouses. Okay, that also makes sense. But you have to find a way in order to get rid of the heat in another way and reuse it in another. It could be also a production uh, facility that can use the heat, for example. But you have to find a way of reusing it. And that's going to be a challenge, I would say, to mandate that everywhere in the EU. Um, some parts of the EU are a bit more optimized to that than others. Um, so that's coming. Um, 
and we look forward on how to, um, I would say, optimize and use or reuse that heat um, in different kind of applications. Does the uh, application where you recover that waste heat, that obviously then impacts whether you choose air cooling, liquid cooling, or a combination of the both? Yeah, sure. But in, in any way, you have to transform it back to liquid um, right. because uh, yeah, it's easier to transport. So if you do air cooling, um, in another way, one way or another, there will be, for example, a, a coil um, that gathers the heat. And that coil then yeah, has a liquid inside of it. So that liquid then will be used for the, uh, the waste heat recovery. Um, if you purely do liquid, you're already in that cycle anyway. Now, the two, uh, the two grids have to be separated from each other anyway. Um, but in any case, that's typically the process on how that, uh, that couples together. Interesting. Um, we, you mentioned sort of the use of AI and the growing use of AI and, and other sort of machine learning and um, advanced monitoring systems. Is the cooling and the efficient energy use of data centers tapping into that new technology as well? Can data centers uh, optimize their energy usage through the implementation of advanced monitoring and AI? And is it are data centers similar to um, other demand loads where there, it peaks and troughs as well? So mm-hmm. um, the, the cooling, therefore, needs to match that. Yeah, not every data center, perhaps, but there are many of them that are... Um, process dependent and so the, the fluctuation uh, of the usage changes over the day um, and I would say definitely there is a possibility to um, improve um, your energy efficiency by using this kind of technology there are already companies out there um, that are trying to do that uh, quite successfully actually and it is a very advanced system in a way that, for example, the majority of the data centers, if you use an air-cooled system, you overflow and you work with um, averaged values in order to have a quite steady flow of cool air inside your data center. And you find different ways on how to get that set point towards to your cooling system. Now, if you implement an advanced monitoring system and you connect it to an AI engine that learns the heat pattern of your data center and the coloration to the cooling units, um, and you introduce something new or you find a hotspot where a process is driving a server very warm, uh, it knows exactly which units to increase that will lower uh, the temperature uh, at that space in the data center. That technology exists, and the advantage of this is that you can run the, I would say, cooling load much, much closer to the generated heat load. And right now, you could say 20, 30% is overflow just to make sure that everything is cool. Um, the problem with that is that when sometimes there are hotspots, you wouldn't even know it until sometimes it's already too late. Um, and then you have to the possibility to just add more air or air more cooling to the entire data center. Um, and that makes it then a little bit more inefficient if, you, if you're doing that with the traditional ways. Uh, so definitely with using... Uh, self-learning algorithms that try and track um, the heat load generation and specifically um, give the right amount of cooling to what the, the servers are needing, you will definitely save, yeah, depending on your data center, but 20% you can easily find. In the old legacy data centers, 50 60% is definitely a possibility to do. Um, and many companies are trying to implement these um, uh, as they go forward, especially companies that are using legacy equipment um, 
so yeah, definitely it's a it's a new movement. The nice thing is also it takes away the, the I would say the person factor. Uh, the, the biggest reason for failure in the data center are people. Um, and you won't really have that with a, an AI, of course. Um, and if you, many companies like uh, Google have already been introduced, this, uh, this kind of uh, controlling of a data center since I would say a decade, they're already using this. Um, there are others that are doing similar and yeah, I think definitely moving forward that will be more and more introduced. Hi everyone, me again. Please do rate and review this podcast wherever you listen. It really helps us out, means we can make more shows like this and means more people can find us. Also, a quick reminder to subscribe to Foresight Climate and Energy so you don't miss out on any of our other podcasts or long-form journalism. Head to the link in the show notes or go to www.foresightdk.com forward slash subscribe. You've mentioned a couple of times there the sort of legacy data centers. Um, data centers of, I mean, they've been around decades probably, but they've been ramping up more uh, rapidly in the last few years. Does that mean there are certain data centers of a certain age where perhaps um, the cooling or the the power, you know, where they source their power from? Um, isn't as efficient as it could be? And are they looking to uh, retrofit uh, new technologies or new um, efficiency measures to their data centers? And in that case, are they looking for ways to do that in a sustainable way? Sure. I mean, these legacy data centers, I mean, just look at telecom industry. Uh, the telecom, as we know it, that's kind of dead now. It's all data. Um, and so, but these telecom installations are now kind of gradually transitioned into small data centers, you could say. Um, and in many of these installations, you don't even have the separation of hot air and cold air. Um, so if you supply cold air, you definitely want to have it supplied to where the heat is generated and not mix it around with everything else in the data center. So that's kind of a first step that they typically do um, when they move like a telecom installation more to a datacom installation. Um, and when they start adding more uh, servers into that, the trouble that they have typically have is that they have 20 year old equipment combined to one year old equipment. So <laughs> the uh, acceptation of high temperatures is, is not, not the same as it is today. And so there, there's a lot of uh, work that goes into that, but that's kind of the legacy data center challenge in order to yeah, optimize and use their, their cooling as much uh, efficient as possible. Um, the first thing to do is, okay, try to find ways in order to uh, get your cold air as efficient as possible to the, yeah, the heat load generate that is generated in your, in your data comm installation. Um, that's the first thing. And the second thing to do is then, of course, yeah, the upgrading your cooling system. Um, if you have some old system, 20 years old, if you just upgrade it with something new, whatever it is really, it will already be make a huge difference for them. Um, that's kind of, yeah, the retrofit one-on-one, -on -one, you could say. Yeah. And, uh, and what is Novenco doing to help uh, people that are either bringing in new uh, cooling systems or retrofitting or replacing older um, older systems with, with a, a brand new system? Obviously, the new system itself uh, will be more efficient, but 
what about the materials that are being used um, to make these systems? Are, are they being sourced in an environmentally friendly way? Obviously, there's a lots of there's lots of metal that I assume goes into the, uh, these things. Uh, sure. And what sort of R and D uh, is Nevenko doing to improve the sustainability of its products? And is, is this is this uh, is this sustainability side of things in the in the materials and the products that it, they use important to data centers? Um, well, to answer the first part of your question, we we as Novenco, as a Danish company, we look at every part of the, the product life. You know, uh, this, it starts with material selection during the design, uh, and since we are Danish. You know, uh, as it's within the DNA of the company. Um, so sustainability or sustainable design is part of the product development process um, where we describe which kind of materials we're going to use and the amount of it. Um, the second thing is, of course, the production of our products. Um, we are now in the final weeks before we open our brand new manufacturing facility, um, which is all the new modern features to uh, optimize the use of energy and move on with that to reach a gold um, DGMB, so the Danish Green Building Council um, uh, certification. Um, the cooling and the heating is with energy recovery, of course, for both the offices and the production. Uh, we have a solar roof. Uh, it will be connected to the city heating grid and all that kind of stuff. So definitely a step forward um, in our sustainability roadmap. Um, but also for in the third bit, if, if you look at the life of a product, uh, in every product that we design, we want to design the product with energy efficiency in mind. Um, so we want to collaborate with everybody uh, around the table, our clients, the consultants, to understand how our product will be applied. And when we know that, we can also look for ways on how to optimize the design for energy efficiency. Um, that's been something that we, we've been doing for, I would say, 20 years or even longer than that. It's been always part of our company DNA. And yeah, I would say that's definitely something that we want to continue to do uh, moving forward. But when the product comes to the end of its life, uh, we also want to make sure that it can be recycled. And we're happy to say that our fans are yeah, can be recycled up to 98%. Um, and the last 2%, especially in Scandinavian countries, they use it for um, to the, the uh, city heating grid, uh, heating system. So they recover even that last 2%. So uh, yeah, 98% uh, can be recycled. So we really want to look at everything, every piece of the pie in, uh, when you look at the uh, life cycle of a product and optimize for sustainability where we can. Mm. And are you finding customers, um, data centers, but also other um, users that need cooling and, and uh, conditioning? Are you finding customers are keen to have products that can be recycled, that are made from recycled sources um, as well? Is that becoming a more interesting and a more uh, valuable asset? Um, yeah, I think becoming is the right word. I mean, not, not everybody uh, yet, but... Uh, it, it is on the last couple of um, uh, conferences, it was always the main topic of discussion. Um, if you talk to people uh, around the shows, it's always been a, a discussion point on how you solve uh, the sustainability roadmap for your product portfolio. Um, and we have several 
customers who ask from us um, our LCA EBD on our products. So we can yeah give them an idea of uh, you can say the energy footprint of the products we supply to them. Um, that be, first it was more of an advice. Now it becomes something mandatory that they would like to see before they make a decision. Um, where before it was how energy efficient is your product, now it becomes more uh, the life cycle analysis report um, to make that kind of decision. So it is changing. It is starting to change. Uh, but yeah, a long way to go on that point. Absolutely. Absolutely, Hans. Thank you so much. Really interesting chat there. Um, data centers are a fantastically um, interesting topic that um, needs a lot more discussion around. Um, I'm really keen to learn a little bit about your background. And did you always want to work in the energy efficiency sector? Um, well, I have a bachelor in science uh, specialized in HVAC. And I would say most of my career I've always been in parts of the HVAC industry. Um, 12 years ago, I jumped into the data center world. And yeah, it's a fascinating market uh, because it moves so quickly. Um, and it's yeah, it requires very agile solution finding. Um, they're very eager for new technology and innovation and, and find ways to improve the industry. Um, I would say also to make that business or market really a front runner when it comes to the uh, uh, efficient use of energy in the, in the, in the world, you could say. And um, I would say that, that mix would, would make every day quite an interesting adventure. Uh, so, yeah, really love it. So what first uh, attracted you to uh, HVAC, heating, ventilation, and air conditioning? What first drew you to that? Why did you go to university to study to study that sector specifically? Well, I think I've, I've always been interested in energy. Okay. For some reason, I don't know. I've always also followed, for example, the uh, uh, nuclear fusion uh, innovation and, and okay. see how that advances over time. So even though that's not in my HVAC world, it's more in the power world. I uh, really have a keen interest in, yeah, I would say the energy in the world and how that's, uh, that's used and generated. So, yeah, uh, that's kind of in a nutshell my, my interest level, yeah. Interesting. Uh, and uh, how did you get to Novenko? What, what appealed to the work that Novenko is doing? Well, they've also been in the data center world for quite a while. And uh, yeah, uh, when I jumped from my previous company, it was also a leading company in the uh, data center cooling world. Um, yeah, I wanted to continue that journey, um, move into a company that is, uh, I would say, starting um, in that industry. And uh, yeah, be part of that start and boost it up, I would say. That's uh, kind of what we're doing here. Um, designing and moving new products uh, into the industry. And uh, yeah, that continues uh, as we speak, I would say. And that's uh, that's definitely appealed to me and also uh, the quality that uh, that they are known for. Um, that's also something that I found very interesting to see how, um, how they do that and how we can uh, also now continue to do it for the new uh, products we design. So yeah, that combo. I found really interesting. Right. And that sounds really interesting to maybe the next generation of uh, engineers and, uh, and professionals entering the industry today. Do you have any advice for people um, that are perhaps about to embark on their clean energy careers or their uh, career in uh, in ventilation and air conditioning and, and energy efficiency? Sure. I mean, I, I would say if you embrace innovation and you really love uh, technology, um, yeah, then... I think this is a very 
interesting uh, market to be part of. Um, I think it, it merges and connects also very well with the younger generation because it moves so quickly and it's so hungry for something new. Um, so I think that mer- uh, that matches quite well with uh, to the younger generation um, that also have hopefully the same interests. And if that combined with an interest in anything you do in, within the energy industry, and that's really broad, could be cooling, could be power, could be a mix of the two. So if you have any interest in that, yeah. Uh, definitely jump into this. Absolutely. Um, thank, Hans, thank you so much. One last question before we go. Uh, one question I ask all of our guests on energy enablers. Um, will the energy transition succeed? Sure, I think so. Um, there's a lot of people that have an interest into this and in different ways. Could be the cooling world, but also in connection to the power world. Uh, we mentioned microgrids and the future for that. Uh, and there's a lot more emphasis now when it comes to energy use, I think the general population is a lot more aware now, uh, maybe because of bad reasons and because of energy costs going up, people are more aware of it. And I, I think there will be also a good part, uh, a good side coming from that. So yeah, because of that, I think it's, it definitely will succeed. Yeah. Hans Cotton, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Um, and thanks for joining us on Energy Enablers. Thank you very much. My thanks to Hans for joining me on Energy Enablers. It was really interesting to hear about the rise of hybrid cooling systems in data centers and the pros and cons that these systems have, and what it could also mean for sector coupling. We'll be back again soon with another Energy Enabler. In the meantime, do check out the rest of our energy transition content over on www.foresightdk.com. Thanks for listening.